Welcome back to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. We're a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover just about any SoCal sports team, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. Happy days are here again. The Rams break a two-game losing streak, beat the Panthers 24-10. Another game that had its kind of alarming moments, shall we say, but more good moments than bad, and the Rams get away with a 24-10 win. Pretty convincing in a lot of ways, but not as easy as we had hoped. Still had some stressful moments, that's for dang sure. Before we get into our regular stuff, you know, we're going to cover everything. I have some notes on the games, review my fearsome four keys to the game, the top plays, all that good stuff. I wanted to mention before we get into that, going into the bye week, we're going to have some special segments awaiting you. We're going to have our partial season awards. Let's call it our third way into the season awards, MVPs, most surprising players, most disappointing, rookie of the year, our favorite play all that good stuff. And we're also going to have an interview with Dan Taylor, the author of a new book celebrating the life and career of one of the greatest football players ever, really, Kenny Washington, out of Lincoln High School in Los Angeles and UCLA, and of course, your Los Angeles Rams, that book, Walking Alone, the untold journey of football pioneer Kenny Washington. It's a good interview, so hopefully you catch that. Probably include that on the segment, which would typically be our game preview. And there is no game, so you're going to get this interview with Dan Taylor. Good stuff. Now back to this Ram game. I'm going to be honest with you here. There were a couple moments where I thought, you know what, this might be just one of those seasons where it's not going to work out for our Los Angeles Rams. Shame on me. I know. Can't be thinking like that. But after that pick six and after that anemic first possession of the second half, Just was not feeling it for our Los Angeles Rams. But then, you know, guys started to step up. A lot of guys started making plays. Our offensive line played okay. The Rams got creative. Guys started making plays all over the field on offense and on defense. And it ended up being a pretty dominant performance. When you take away that pick six, both sides of the ball, Rams won this game pretty easily. Now, I have to say, the Panthers are not necessarily a good measuring stick of where your team's at. But the Rams needed this. I don't care who the opponent was. We needed to go out there and dominate. And we did. I know the score might not show it. And early in the second half, even, we still had concerns. Were we even going to get a win out of this game? But when you look back, you're going to think, you know what? The Rams were the far better team and they proved it. My prediction, by the way, for this game was 26-10 to Rams. So pretty spot on. They got three less field goals and one more touchdown than I predicted and nailed the Panthers' score. Let's recap my fearsome four keys to the game from last week. I said the offensive line has to show up and play average, just average, and I think they did. You know, I think our center, Jeremiah Colony, struggled mightily at times. I think Joseph Noteboom was not having a good day before he got hurt. But other than that, it really wasn't that bad. 
it was a pretty average performance by our offensive line. The Rams did a good job of moving Stafford off a spot to help out the offensive line in pass protection. They did give up that one sack, but overall, I mean, it wasn't great protection. It wasn't like Stafford was standing back there finding his second and third reads, but he certainly had more time than in games past. Here's some key number two. Ooh, this is a bad one. Don't give away points. Well, we failed miserably again. Here at Carolina Panthers, we're beating you 7-3. to three. You guys are getting nothing done on offense, but go ahead. Here's seven points for you to keep things interesting. Matthew Stafford making a really bad decision there, and I think McVeigh making some bad decisions with clock management there, calling timeouts, thinking, let's go steal three points. We are sitting here watching that game saying, what are they doing? Run out the clock, get to the locker room, get the ball back in the second half, and go push for another touchdown. Not now, not with two minutes left, deep in your own zone. Team stats of notes, the Rams outgained the Panthers 360 to 203 yards. They had 22 first downs to the Panthers' eight. They got eight different receivers involved, including Allen Robinson, five catches for 63 yards and a TD. Ben Skowronik, pretty consistent contributor now, five catches for 40 yards. Brandon Powell, four for 27. Ronnie Rivers had a catch and a run, the Rams' new number three running back, at least for the time being until Kyron Williams gets back. And Tutu Atwell had a run for nine yards. The Rams really did take my advice. Hey, maybe they're listening. Are they listening to this podcast? Because I know they're not, but they did what I've been kind of waiting for. A lot of creativity on offense. Ben Skowronik catching a pass out of the fullback position, scoring on a jet sweep. Ronnie Rivers, Tutu Atwell, Brandon Powell, all getting involved in Allen Robinson, a big contributor in this game. He had some big plays, extremely critical catches that contributed mightily to this win. On defense, Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner both had seven total tackles each. Don't get a lot of fan for it. Well, I mean, everybody loves Bobby Wagner and everybody knows what he brings to the table. But as a pair, these two linebackers are pretty darn good. And how about Taylor Rapp early in the game? He set the tone early on for this defense. A couple of big pops. That guy was on a mission, a missile out of that backfield. Love the way he was playing. And get this, the Panthers' Christian McCaffrey accounted for 74.5% of the Panthers' scrimmage yards. He was effective early, but once the Rams figured it out, Panthers were done. But that's the highest percentage for a single player this year and second highest over the last 20 seasons. Now we're going to come back in a moment with our game capture, and then we're going to get into some more notes on this game, some interesting stuff I'll share with you, my fearsome big plays, and give out some game balls. But first, let's pause here and consider what this means. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. It's just amazing to me how many wise football people, experts, commentators, writers, put so much weight on a two-game winning or losing streak. Remember the Niners lost to the Broncos and the lowly Bears, and the Rams lost to those same Niners and the Cowboys, and and everybody is just crowning the Niners as champions of this division, and the Rams, it's not their year, they're done. And, and maybe I've been guilty of that a little bit, but I, I've seen this with other teams too, not just the Rams and Niners. 
people get so excited about teams, the Cowboys, their dominant defense and how incredible they are. Hey, folks, it's a long season and a lot's going to happen between now and January. Consider this. Right now, the Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams are all 3-3, three and three, Cardinals 2-4. and four. Is Kingsbury going to get fired, by the way? Next week, the Seahawks travel to play the Chargers. The 49ers host the Chiefs. We're going to be super hungry, coming back off that Bills loss at home. The Rams could be in first place by the time they take the field against the Niners at SoFi. This is a long season. Don't give up on teams so quickly, people, and don't get overly excited about a two-game winning streak. So much can happen. And ask yourself this. There are a lot of okay teams in the NFC, pretty good teams. Teams that have holes, though. The Packers, the Bucks, even the Vikings. The Giants, are they as good as we think? The Cowboys, how good are they on offense? The Rams and Niners, we really don't know how good these teams are. But let me ask you this. Of all these teams, let's consider the Bucks, Packers, Rams, and Niners. Which one of these teams do you think could get it together, is most likely going to get it together, let's say, seven or eight weeks down the road, and is going to make a run at a conference championship? I'm not going to give you an answer, but that's the way you got to look at things, not who's best now, who won last week, who looked horrible this week. It's a long road, a long way to go. But it was a good week for the Rams. The Bucks and Packers both lost. 49ers lost. Long way to go. Rams are not in that bad of a position. The only thing that really concerns me is their brutal schedule. A lot of tough games ahead, but there's one team that can figure it out. It's these Los Angeles Rams. Back in a second with our game capture and then and then additional notes on this game, followed by our loop around the league. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Hey, this is my advice. The Rams have a bye week coming up, and on that bye weekend, I don't even know what the odds are yet, but I'm telling you, you can get some value on these two games. The Chiefs at the Niners. Take the Chiefs. The Niners will be looking ahead to that rematch with the Rams, and the Chiefs are a really good team. We all know that. Niners are a little bit overvalued right now, and they're banged up. And the other game I really like, the Patriots at home against the Bears. This is the type of game Bill Belichick's going to figure it out and the Patriots are going to win handily. So those are the two I like. Not sure of the spreads. The Chiefs-Niners will probably be pretty tight. Patriots will be giving away some points to the Bears, but lean on both those games. That's your parlay from Rams Up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, let's go through this game possession by possession. This is our weekly game capture. Panthers get the ball first, and it's all about Christian McCaffrey. However, their drive is hampered by a block in the back penalty. Taylor Rapp pumped up, makes a couple really big hits on this drive, and it ends with a 42-yard field goal for the Panthers. They lead 3 to nothing, and that might have been their best drive of the day. Michael Hoyt returns the pooch kick to the 35. Rams pick up one first down. A holding call on Noteboom checks them, and they have to punt. Panthers from their own 13-yard line. Ernest Jones, a big tackle, a suplex move, but no penalty. Could have very easily been one. Panthers look like they're going to go for it on fourth and three from their own 43, but they end up punting. My assistant and I really thought Johnny Hecker was going to have a trick play in his bag for this game, and this would have been the perfect spot for it, but no such thing. The Panthers punt. Rams pinned back at their own seven, a jet sweep by Tutu Atwell for nine yards. Hey, that's the creativity I've been asking for. Second and one, Ronnie Rivers gets his first carry. No gain, and Malcolm Brown does no better. Joseph Noteboom hurt on that last play. Rams have to punt again. Panthers from their own 24. Swarming Rams defense. Panthers three and out. We're into the second quarter now. Rams from their own 26 go on a 74-yard drive that results in a touchdown. They have three third and long conversions. Henderson picking up two of them. Cup another. Allen Robinson had a 14-yard reception as well. And on this drive... Abushi is in at right guard. Alaric Jackson moves to left tackle. And I, I mentioned that as a possibility in our preview that maybe Jackson moves there and Rams have no choice now. That's where he is. And Stafford hits Allen Robinson on a fade pass. Rams up 7-3. to three. Moving into the latter half of the second quarter now. Panthers from their own 25. Third and five, Ernest Jones makes a big tackle. The Rams call a couple timeouts here, getting a little greedy as McVay tends to do. And the Rams get the ball back at their own 20 with 2.34 left. They pick up six yards and then one of those catastrophic plays that has been plaguing this team. Stafford trying to force it to cup. It's intercepted and returned for a touchdown. And just like that, the Panthers have a 10-7 lead. And as I was watching the tail end of this half, I was thinking, you know, I'm okay with the Rams getting to the half, 7-3. to three. This Panthers offense is starting to look more and more anemic. And the way our offense has been playing, do we really expect it to drive down the field and get points with two minutes left? Now, we should be able to do that, at least get a field goal. But I thought the risk of something going wrong and giving away points, as opposed to maybe getting three points, was much greater that's what McVay likes to do, and the Panthers have the lead 10-7. to Rams and Panthers both had additional possessions, but we go to the half, 10-7 to Panthers. Third quarter, Ben Skaronic has a seven-yard reception, but then Malcolm Brown loses two, a false start, and then a sack, and the Rams punt. Rams defense is really starting to shut down the Panthers altogether. A three and out by the Panthers. The Rams get the ball back at the nine-yard line after a holding call on the punt return. 
Ben Skowronik and Allen Robinson both have really big plays. A roughing the call on Matthew Stafford, which was questionable. Ronnie Rivers picks up five yards. Stafford to Powell to the two. The refs miss a face mask call as Robinson's breaking across the middle for a would-be touchdown. And the Rams have to kick a field goal to make it 10-10. to Panthers next possession, three and out. The Rams start to take over this game from their own 20. Skowronik and Cup both have big plays. Cup to the 41. Robinson with another big catch to the 18. Skowronik on a jet sweep scores. Allen Robinson with the big block, and the Rams have the lead back 17-10. Panthers' next drive begins at the 20 and takes us into the fourth quarter. This is the drive Ramsey had the big hit. Panthers have to punt. Brandon Powell has a nice return after the Rams' 39. Higby and Skowronik with catches. Allen Robinson, a first down catch. A screen to Malcolm Brown to the 20. A screen to Powell. Bobby Evans, a big block down to the 4. Henderson to the 2. And on his second carry, he barely gets in. And the Rams suddenly have a comfortable 24-10 lead. Panthers next drive. They get it out to the 40, but then... Ramsey has a big sack, puts the Panthers in a hole at 3rd and 19, and then 4th and 16, they have to punt. Rams don't do much on their next possession, punt it right back. Jacob Eason, by the way, is the quarterback for the Panthers at this point. He hits McCaffrey with a short pass, and he rips up the sideline for 49 yards to the Rams 17. But Eason trying to get the ball into the end zone to cut the score in half. Ernest Jones tips it, and Nick Scott intercepts. And that's pretty much it. Rams are able to pick up one first down and go into victory formation and improve to 3-3 three and three with a 24-10 win. Let's get back to this Rams game. Some final thoughts. Let's kick it off with my fearsome four big plays of the game. Well, I'm going to get big play out of the way first, the one negative play that went in the Panthers' favor, that was the pick six. Obviously, the Panthers' only touchdown of the game gave them a 10-7 lead at the time going into halftime. Here's some big play number two, 9.05 left in the second quarter, third and 13 at the Rams' 37. Now, this is before the pick six, actually. Rams really hadn't gotten much done Stafford hits Cooper Cup with a short pass, takes it to the Carolina 41 for 22 yards. And that was really the Rams' first productive offensive play. Signs of life from the Rams' offense. Now that drive, there were several more big plays, critical plays, but I'm just going to focus on this first one to Cooper Cup. Here's in big play number three. How about the missed face mask? Third and goal, Rams trying to go in to take the lead. Allen Robinson fakes right, goes left, looks like he's going to have a step on the defender, but the defender reaches out and grabs his face mask, and Robinson can't get to the ball, probably would have been a touchdown, and the Rams have to settle for a field goal. If the Rams score there, they're cruising for the win. They would be later on anyways, but that was a big missed call by the referees for sure. First and big play number four, first and 10 at the Carolina 17, 11 seconds left in the third quarter. Now, there are a lot of big plays to get the Rams down there, but Ben Skowronik's 17-yard jet sweep into the end zone. This is an area the Rams have struggled. Ben took care of that problem, 
and the Rams are up for good. Now, honorable mention, I have to say that Allen Robinson catch on the sideline, big play. And you know what? Let's go ahead and include it. Fearsome big play number five, that catch, the toe touch dance on the sideline, and he squeezes it. They reviewed that play, not enough to overturn it. Allen Robinson contributing big time to this Rams win. That was, by the way, on the drive that resulted in the Rams' field goal that tied the game up 10 to 10. Big play led to points. Third down conversion, big catch by Allen Robinson. Some other notes on this game Joseph Noteboom, Achilles injury of some sort. Hopefully, not another lost offensive lineman for the year. We'll have to see in the morning. The Rams finished the game with Alaric Jackson at left tackle, Bobby Evans at left guard. Jeremiah Colonnay at center, O'Day Abushi at right guard, and Rob Havenstein at right tackle. McVay, by the way, gave all five of these guys game balls. I'm not sure our center deserved it, but can't see McVay giving four game balls to the offensive lineman and leaving one guy out. That would have been a bad look. Now, an observation here. I haven't seen the snap counts yet, but I'm pretty sure... Marquise Copeland was out there more than Greg Gaines. Copeland finished with six tackles. This may have been just in response to what the Panthers were doing. Not sure. Have to monitor that situation. Maybe Copeland is just playing well and deserving of more snaps, working into the rotation more. But that's a good sign, depth-wise. The Rams are feeling more comfortable with him. On the Panther side, Two ex-Rams, I'll mention real quickly, Corey Littleton led the Panthers with tackles. He had 10. And Johnny Hecker, leg strength is back. He was booming kicks, but two of them were long touchbacks. Didn't do his team much good, actually. Now, who deserves game balls besides Cup and Donald? Uh, If you listen to this on a regular basis, those guys are automatic game balls. Cup and Donald. Who else? Well, I'm going to give one to Alaric Jackson. I haven't seen his pro football focus grades yet. Andrew Whitworth calling him out as having balled during this game. That's a good sign. But moving from right guard to left tackle and from what we can tell, holding his own, guy deserved a game ball. And how about Allen Robinson? I think he deserves one. Stepping up, had a couple of really big catches, had the touchdown. What a good sign for this offense if he's starting to find a groove, finally fitting in. And Daryl Henderson's numbers were not real big, but he was effective. And he had a couple big runs, that touchdown. Man, his angry style of running, have to love it. Need to get more out of our running backs, but I'm giving a game ball to Daryl Henderson, contributing in more ways than one. And I'm going to give Ben Skowronik a game ball. That guy... Our Swiss Army Knife, is that what he is? Playing fullback and blocking, playing wide out, getting into the pass pattern out of the fullback position, taking jet sweeps, 117 yards for a touchdown. Love Ben Skyronic. And Ernest Jones. Everybody talks about all these great linebackers. Fred Warner, Greenlaw with the 49ers, Bobby Wagner. How about Ernest Jones? He is a very good linebacker, and he's going to be the heart of this defense moving forward. I really believe that. And I'm going to give a game ball to Ronnie Rivers. Why not? The guy had two touches, 
His first action in an NFL game, he looked like he fit in. His one catch really put some moves on. Could be promising. Now, not sure if he's a long-term solution for this team. Kyron Williams, hopefully on his way back. So, not sure we'll even see Ronnie Rivers again, but this might be his only chance, so I'm giving him a game ball. Coach's corner, I already mentioned it. I didn't get the late timeouts. The Rams always do this. McVay always does it, and it's backfired more than once, and this time it did. I like having confidence in your offense, being a little aggressive, but you got to pick your spots, and this wasn't one of them. Refing review, they missed two. They missed two big plays. They missed the face mask, and they got that refing on Stafford wrong. And you know what? They could have called a penalty on Ramsey as well for the blow to the head. How does a quarterback get taken off the field per the concussion protocol, but they don't get a call for the hit to the head? They just missed that call. That's all there is to it. And the announcers, you know, Mark Sanchez and Mark Schlereff, is that how you say his name? I hate saying his name. It's very challenging. They both have the same problem. Sanchez isn't as bad as Schlereff. Just talks too much. And his one comment about, hey, the Panthers are saving those timeouts for a final drive. I think there were 16 seconds left. No, Mark, they just didn't have any need for them. They did what the Rams should have done. Take a knee, get off the field, come fight in the second half. We'll be back in a second for our loop around the league. And don't forget, check out our Thursday morning drop, our award ceremony, and our interview with the author, Dan Taylor. Good stuff. Let's bust through our loop around the league, shall we? Thursday night, Commanders 12, Bears 7. Talk about fearsome four big plays. I think they all went against the Bears in this one. They just needed one to go their way, and they win this game. The Commanders had just 214 yards of total offense. Hard to believe Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate a few years ago. The big play, the biggest play of all, was that muffed punt allowed the Commanders to get the go-ahead touchdown. And then an incredible play at the end there, the Bears wide receiver bobbling the ball at the goal line. That was Mooney, the guy that was trolling Jalen Ramsey. Remember that? If he hangs on to the ball at the get-go, Bears win, but he bobbled it, regained possession, and was tackled at the one, and that was it for the Bears. The Falcons 28, the 49ers 14. You know, before this game, our friend over at Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, said this, the 49ers don't mess around with inferior foes. They dismantle them. Now I'm starting to understand Florio. Maybe it's not that he dislikes the Rams. Maybe he's just a 49er guy. Someone pointed out to him that the Broncos and the Bears were inferior opponents, and they both beat the 49ers. Bad game for the 49ers and the Falcons. I'm telling you, they're better than people think. Actually tied with the Bucs for first place right now. The Niners have now lost to the Broncos, Falcons, and Bears. The Rams have lost to the Cowboys, Bills, and 49ers, three of the best defenses in the league. Patriots 38, Browns 10. Maybe Florio should have reserved that comment for the Patriots because they do find ways to demolish inferior opponents. Although I wouldn't have thought the Browns were that inferior. I don't know what to make of them. They're an enigma. I don't understand the Cleveland Browns. Ben Zappi 
300 plus yards and two TDs in that game. The Jets 27, the Packers 10 at Lambeau. Not a good outing for the Packers. Another good result for the Rams, though. The Packers, a so-called contender, take a loss at home. And the Jets really put the clamps on Rodgers and the Packers. Brees Hall, 116 yards and a TD. Colts 34, Jags 27. Matt Ryan trying to get the Colts into position for a game-winning field goal. But instead, he hits Alec Pierce with a 32-yard pass. Big win for the Colts in a divisional matchup. They improved to 3-2-1. And my Jags, a team I was loving a couple of weeks ago, fall to 2-4. Vikings 24, Dolphins 16. Teddy Bridgewater ended up playing in this game for the Dolphins, returning from concussion protocol, only because third stringer Skyler Thompson left after banging up his thumb. Miami, trailing 16-10, was driving for a TD, but Jalen Waddle fumbled, and the Vikings went on to win. Justin Jefferson, 6 catches for 107 yards. Tyreek Hill, 12 catches for 177 yards. The Bengals, 30. The Saints, 26. So the two Super Bowl opponents from last year, both scrambling to get to 3-3. Three and three. Joe Burrow threw for three TDs and ran for another the Bengals trailed 23-14 to midway through the third quarter. This could have been a revenge game for Andy Dalton, but it wasn't happening. The Saints come up short and fall to 2-4. and four. The Giants improved to 5-1 and one with a 24-20 win over the Ravens. They rallied from 10 points down. Who would have thunk? Didn't see this coming. Steelers 20, Bucks 18. This is another outcome I did not see coming. Mitch Trubisky comes off the bench and threw a TD pass. Tom Brady filmed going off on his offensive line once again, but it didn't help. Bucks fall to three and three. Afternoon game, Seahawks 19 to nine over the Cardinals. The Cardinals going against, I think one of the worst defenses in the league, but their only TD was on a blocked punt. Cardinals going to get their coach fired, I'm pretty sure. Bills 24, Chiefs 20, Josh Allen Hits Dawson Knox for a TD with a minute left. Probably the two best teams in the league there right now. And then the Eagles take care of the Cowboys, 26-17. Eagles had a 20 to nothing lead. Cowboys came roaring back but didn't have enough. Cowboys defense showing some chinks in their armor. Their offense has not convinced me yet either. They'll be getting Dak Prescott back probably their next game. That's our loop around the league. We got the Chargers and the Broncos Monday night. And we'll be back at you later in the week, likely Thursday morning, with our next podcast. And check our YouTube channel for additional drops there as well. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library. Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.